My date at the Ritz was with Emerald Stoker, younger offspring of that pirate of the Spanish main, old Pop Stoker, the American character who once kidnapped me on board his yacht with a view to making me marry his elder daughter, Pauline. The old fathead had got entirely the wrong angle on the relations between his ewe lamb and myself, we being just good friends, as the expression is. Fortunately, it all ended happily, with the popsy linked in matrimony with Marmaduke Lord Chuffnell, an ancient buddy of mine. I put in an occasional weekend with her and Chuffy, and when she comes to London on a shopping binge or whatever it may be, I see to it that she gets her calories. When her sister Emerald came over from America to study painting at the Slade, she asked me to keep an eye on her and give her lunch from time to time. I was a bit late, as I had foreshadowed, in getting to the tryst, and she was already there when I arrived. It struck me how strange it is that members of a family can be so unlike each other, in appearance, I mean. Pauline was of a beauty so radiant that strong men whistled after her in the street, while Emerald was no different from a million other nice girls, except perhaps for a touch of the Pekingese about the nose and eyes, and more freckles than you usually see. I was still a bit ruffled about Jeeves and the alpine hat, and of course told her all about it, and nothing could have been in better taste than her attitude. She said it sounded as if Jeeves must be something like her father. She'd never met him. Well, Jeeves, I mean, not her father, whom, of course, um, she'd met frequently. And she told me I'd been quite right in displaying the velvet hand in the iron glove. Or rather, the other way around, isn't it? Because it never did to let oneself be bossed. Her father, she said, always tried to boss everybody, and in her opinion, one of these days, some haughty spirit was going to haul off and poke him in the nose, which she said, and I agreed with her, would do him good. I was so grateful for these kind words that I asked her if she would care to come to the theatre on the following night, but she said she couldn't make it. I'm going down to the country this afternoon to stay with some people. I'm taking the four o'clock train at Paddington. Are you going to be there long? About a month. At the same place all the time, of course. I found myself eyeing her with a certain respect. Myself, I've never found a host and hostess who could stick my presence for more than about a week. Indeed, long before that, as a general rule, the conversation at the dinner table is apt to turn on the subject of how good the train service to London is, those present obviously hoping wistfully that Bertram will avail himself of it. Their name's Bassett. I started visibly. They live in Gloucestershire. I started visibly. Their house is called Totley Towers. She started visibly, making three visible starts in all. Oh, do you know them? You can tell me about them. Well, don't you know them? I've only met Madeline Bassett. What are the rest of them like? I hesitated for a moment, asking myself if I ought to reveal to this frail girl what she was letting herself in for. Then I decided that the truth must be told and nothing held back. Cruel to hide the facts from her and allow her to go off to Totley Towers unprepared. The inmates of the leper colony under advisement uh, consist of Sir Watkin Bassett, his daughter Madeline, his niece Stephanie Stiffy Bing, a chap named Spode who recently took to calling himself Lord Sidcup, and Stiffy Bing's Aberdeen Terrier Bartholomew, the last of whom biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Uh, so you've met, Madeline. What did you think of her? Is she a great friend of yours? Far from it. Well... She struck me as a drip, 
Yeah, she is a drip. Of course, she's very pretty. You have to hand her that. Looks are not everything. I admit that any red-blooded sultan or pasha, if offered the opportunity of adding M. Bassett to the personnel of his harem, would jump to it without hesitation. But he would regret his impulsiveness before the end of the first week. She's one of those soppy girls, riddled from head to foot with whimsy. She holds the view that the stars are God's daisy chain, that rabbits are gnomes in attendance on the fairy queen, and that every time a fairy blows its wee nose, a baby is born, which, as we know, is not the case. She's a drooper. Yes, that's how she seemed to me, rather like one of those lovesick maidens in Patience. Eh? Patience, Gilbert and Sullivan. Haven't you ever seen it? Oh, oh, yes, yes, now I recollect. My Aunt Agatha made me take her son Foss to it once. Not at all a bad little show, I thought. Though a bit highbrow.